Hey everybody, welcome to Empowered Women in Tech. I'm your hostess, Megan Thomas. I really always wanna do a radio voice. I will try really hard not to do that. Today I wanna to talk about job searching. Specifically, job searching as a woman in tech and what you can learn from repeat rejections. You're also gonna find this on my Medium account and I'll probably share it on LinkedIn. So. You may have already seen this, but if you haven't, definitely give it a listen. I'm really excited to talk about this today. I'm really jazzed, actually, because someone just replied to uh, to a Facebook thread about this, and they're like, well, all of this can be used for like anyone in any industry, and I'm like, that's the beauty of it. One of the things that I would like to point out specifically though, is this information I share specifically with women in tech is because women in tech in particular deal with some insecurities and some things that are really hard to get past and they're usually themselves. It's a mindset issue. But if they don't know specifically that they're allowed to do this, if they're not given permission to do this, they will not do it. So I really, in particular, am calling this out for women in tech because I want you to actively use this, this advice, this information. There are two small chunks. Okay, like one small and one large, but there are two chunks of information that you can use to learn from while you're looking for a job in tech. You may already know this, but I'm a career coach. I only work with women in tech. I spend a lot of time with women in tech talking about their goals, their dreams, and how they can effectively reach their next level of success. And I say next level of success because it's not, we're going to find a next job. Uh, there are women that I coach with who are already in a job. They're really happy with their job, but they want something more. So I work with them to find what does it feel like for you to be successful? This is my passion. I love helping people, but I also love to find patterns. I've been a business coach, a marketing coach. It's because I love being able to hear and see a situation that I'm not deeply involved in. I'm not in the forest and can't see. Wait, is it can't see the forest for the trees? Right. I love being able to get a 30,000 foot view of something and go, well, have you considered this? Have you tried this? And can you do this soon? And suddenly people are like, oh, I didn't even realize that was an option. So that's why I love being a coach. I love finding patterns and I love tracking and assessing. So some topics that I that come up pretty frequently when I work with women in tech, they come up often enough. I know that they are likely a pain point for many women at every level of their tech career. And this in particular is one of those topics. So recently I had a conversation with a woman I'm coaching with. She's in tech and I'm working with her to help develop her career strategy. Some of the things that we've coached on are directly relevant to many women's experience as they look for a job in the tech industry. So I really wanted to share this and I asked if I could, without any you know personal information, share her situation so that I could explain at large um, kind of what to do, how to approach this. So um, let's see, I'll give you a recap at the end, but here's the problem, and then I'm gonna follow it down, uh, follow it with uh, two, two solutions. And like I said, one's a little bit bigger than the other, so bear with me. The problem is, I'm in a PhD program, 
uh, it's, I think she's in a physics program, but she only accepted the PhD program because she was not getting jobs in the tech side of that she wanted to work in. I don't want to get too specific because it is a very niche industry. Um, but she accepted the application or she accepted the offer to join this PhD program, which by the way, I don't think is free. I'm 100% certain it's not free, but it's also, uh, actually I take that back. I know nothing about PhD programs. So how about I just shut up about that? Um, the financial parts. It's something that you do when you're in academia and you want to go teach something along those lines, but she's not happy. Actually, she says she's incredibly unhappy and she's still job searching. She doesn't want to just outright quit the PhD program because, I mean, you're, you're invested. You're already in this. So I guess if you can't find something else, you should stick it out. But it's really just prolonging uh, one of the big problems. She can't find a job because she's only ever been in academia. She doesn't want to be in academia anymore. But just like we all know, without job experience, she can't get hired. In the last two months, she's applied to 25 companies and either they don't reply at all, so she got totally passed over, or she gets like a form email rejection that's like, sorry, we went with another candidate and says, do not reply to this email at the bottom. She called that out specifically. I'll tell you in a minute why. So she's at a loss. She doesn't know what she's doing wrong and she doesn't know what she should do next. So let's talk about the answers. First of all, before anything else, I need you to know, if you are listening, I want to reach through your headphones, your car stereo, I want to grab you by the shoulders, I want to look in your beautiful face and say, you are doing amazing. Good for you. You're applying to so many jobs, even in the face of being outright rejected. It feels really horrible to get no answer at all. And let's be real, it feels even worse to just get downright rejected, even if it's just a crappy form email. So to her and to all of you who are applying to jobs and getting rejected, way to stay motivated and keep that self-esteem high. You are amazing. You got this. Getting all jazzed over here. The short answer to the question is keep doing what you're doing. Just do it more efficiently and learn from the rejections. <laughs> Is that it? All right, we can just end that right now. We're good, right? No, the long answer to the question is, all right, there's two things that you need to be doing that will help you move forward. One, this is the, this is the two parts I said. First one's easy. Are you keeping track of the data? You need to be keeping a spreadsheet. I gotta be honest, I know this is kind of weird, but if you're a tech person, you know you like data. Even if you're a UX person, you're kind of like, ah, I like showing the data. I like manipulating the data into pretty ways. Cool. Start a spreadsheet or however you want to track it. Keep track of the companies that you've applied to, the jobs that you have applied for, the date the job was available, the date that you applied for the job, and the response you got. If you're really good, you will start this with the first job you apply to, and start with day one, like just do it. It's really important to have at least like 10 points of data. So keep doing it. If it's possible, keep a link to the job posting so that you can check again in the future and find out whether or not it gets filled and when, how long did it stay open? 
if you're feeling really motivated, which is actually not that motivating, let's be real. You have, you have Google, you can create a Google doc, copy and paste that job posting into a document and save that too. Why? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Keeping track of all the data is so essential for you to learn from, and it will help you in your job search. You need to know when you've applied to three different companies or three different jobs at one company and been rejected from three jobs at one company. You need to know when there are trends to like what roles a particular company is hiring for and how they're hiring for it. What are they looking for? How are they posting these jobs? Is there a date or a time you can be like, boom, I'm on the first one. You also need to know what the keywords are that particular jobs or companies are looking for. Cause guess what? Those need to go on your cover letter and on your resume. You're also going to get an understanding of what basic qualifications and needs that specific job categories or types are looking for. And there is a trend I promise, but if you don't track the data, you don't find the trends. Tracking and reviewing all of this data from a high level is going to allow you to find out the key trends and identify the qualities that really matter to companies, what jobs they matter for. And most importantly, what matters to you? I say that, because you're going to find some details about jobs and companies. You're like, oh, they're consistently looking for this, this, and this. And I don't, not only do I not have that, I don't want to have that. Like, it's not my passion. Cool. Stop looking for that company. Awesome. You've just learned something. If you start collecting and reviewing this data, you are going to be very surprised at what you find. It's very individual though. Um, obviously there are so many jobs in tech and all kinds of arenas. Oh my gosh, I can't get into the weeds about specific things to look for, but as soon as you have 10 data points, you're going to start seeing some things. Keep looking. And if you have trouble evaluating the data and understanding what to look for for you, I would love to help. Always reach out. Megan at, or excuse me, hi at meganthomas.com. I got you. Let's see. That's the first part. Keep track of the data. That's the small part. You ready for the big part? Are you requesting feedback? So my client said she's getting a form email back that says, do not reply to this email at the end of it. And I point this out very specifically because my client lives in another country. I'm in the US. Not only is she in another country, she's originally from an entirely different country. So, I mean, side sidebar here. When she and I coach in English, I'm still pretty humbled because this is her fourth language. She speaks incredibly eloquently and her first three languages are French, German, and Arabic. Like, that's amazing. So, <laughs> I feel a little ignorant, but, um, that, that's just an aside. I just find it fascinating when people are so articulate and wonderful and able to speak my language when this is their fourth one. I barely speak another one. I think there's a joke in there from my favorite movie, uh, The Fifth Element. I speak English and bad English, but if you know that movie, give me a little thumbs up because I freaking love it. It's my number one favorite. Anywho, not only do I point this out because she's not a native English speaker, but and wait, no, I point this out because she's not a native English speaker and the rules of communication and the legalities for what people are allowed to tell you are different in various countries. So it's really no wonder that she took do not reply to this email as a direct order. 
She didn't realize until I pointed it out that this is just an indication that the email is not a monitored email address. No one's at the other end seeing the email if she does reply. Why is this important to know? Well, it's important because so many women will not reach out and request more information. They too would see this do not reply to this email as a directive, even if they are native English speakers and even if they understand how unmonitored email works. Do you know why? Well, we as women, and I will actually say, especially as women in tech, we would see that statement as a directive and tell ourselves that it's not worth asking for feedback. No one would answer anyway. If we don't ask for feedback, we don't have to face the changes that we would need to make to improve ourselves. And if we don't hear about the changes that we need to make, it doesn't feel like we've been rejected. In short, we don't ask for feedback because we're terrified to ask for more rejection. Getting rejected is scary. It super sucks. I get it. I totally know how it feels, but you can handle it. And I wrote in my article and I love this. I'm like channeling Tom Cruise. You can handle the truth. If this is a situation that you find yourself in, I'm going to suggest something for you that I've suggested for this woman as well as almost every single woman in tech that I have ever coached with. Please go for the no. Hashtag go for the no. You can look it up. You need to eat your broccoli, rip off the band-aid, clean the toilet, whatever is the icky thing to you that you don't really want to do, do it. You have to get that real feedback. Call the company that rejected you or just didn't reply. Get someone from HR on the phone, or if you can be passed through to the hiring manager that you interviewed with, share with them a little bit about you. Not a sob story for real though. Keep it professional. Do not launch into, Oh my God, everything's so hard. Or Even if you think you're just giving background, keep it super professional. Ask for their honest feedback about you. Ask, and you can quote me, what would make me a more desirable employee when you're hiring in the future for a role like this? Let's be real. You might not be able to get someone on the phone. And if no one is able or willing to talk to you, that's okay. But make sure you don't give up after like one phone call. And if you left a voicemail, don't give up. Be persistent. Get someone to say no to your face well, over the phone. Follow up a few days after your first call if you had to leave a message. Follow up a week after the second call. Follow up after that in two weeks. Ask for them to call you back, even if it is just to say we don't give verbal feedback to applicants. Okay, cool. You could also try reaching out on LinkedIn to the hiring manager. Uh, you did get their name right. Cool. When you eventually get someone on the phone, ask for the reality of the situation. Ask for the harsh. It's totally fine. Say, I recently applied for this position at your company. My application was not selected to move forward in the hiring process, and I'm looking for some feedback so that I can improve the soft and technical skills needed to make me an ideal candidate in the future. Boom. It's that easy. So what's really interesting is you're going to be pleasantly surprised by the feedback you get. Not a single HR person, recruiter, or hiring manager is going to literally tell you, I say to your face, but on the phone, that you're a terrible human being and you smell weird and your mother dresses you funny. They will never tell you horrible things. Like, for real, legally, I don't think they can do that. At least not in the U.S. <laughs> Um, they will, however, share some factual information about your skills 
experience or knowledge where you need to shore up your information with which that you can make changes. It's that simple. Your role in this conversation is just to ask curious questions. If there's something that you didn't understand about what they said, do not just nod at the phone and then later wonder endlessly, what did they mean? Ask them. Just imagine that this phone call is the one shot you get to ask for direct, specific information that will impact your ability to get a job, any job in the future. And while you're at it, take notes. You can write things down. If you hear buzzwords or specific time-bound experience levels that they're looking for, and by that I mean uh, we expect you to have at least six months of experience with MySQL, whatever, uh, write it down. That's important. You're going to find trends. I promise. This is data points you need to have. And this I still wrapped up in the answer, but if you're feeling bold, which you probably aren't, but I'm going to once again reach through this computer screen and shake you and say, do it. Ask them for something. Ask them if they know of a company or a person who can help you get the start you need. Ask them if they have any recommendations for someone that you can talk to about gaining the experience or skills that you need to get started or make your next move. Ask them if they would consider giving you a trial run for a couple of months or allowing you to take on an internship role. Ask if they'd consider finding a way to help you get the experience that you need to prove yourself. I don't know if you know, if you know this, but weirdly, people don't just walk up and drop a bag of money at your foot or just walk up and say, hey, stranger, I have the job that you've been looking for your whole life. You're so excited and here's tons of money. You don't get what you don't ask for. So ask, go for the no, be surprised at the results. More importantly, Remember that it doesn't hurt. If they say, no, I don't know of a company that I can refer you to. Okay, what does that hurt? Not much. If they say, no, they can't refer you to someone or recommend someone who can help you. Okay, well, what does that hurt? If they say, no, they can't give you a trial run or offer you an internship role. Okay, what does that hurt? If they say, no, they can't help you get the experience you need to prove yourself. Okay, so what? It doesn't hurt, and that's why it is so weird that we don't ask what we want, ask for what we want more often. Hearing no doesn't hurt as bad as you think it does, so get in there and ask what you want to know that will help you be a stronger candidate for the next time you apply to a job at that company or any company. So to recap, first, stay positive. Stay so positive when you're applying for jobs. Keep applying. Even if you're not getting the responses you want, you are doing amazing by even showing up. I promise. Two, keep track of the data points as you're looking for jobs. Three, read that data. Look for trends to improve your resume, your cover letter, and how you present yourself, your experience, and your skills. Four, get feedback from companies that have rejected you. And five, be persistent but polite in getting that feedback. Six, ask questions, get clarification, and take notes. Seven, be brave and ask for something. I literally am over here like, hashtag, go for the no. And what is that, nine? Where am I? Uh, eight, remember that hearing no does not hurt like you think it does. You have this. 
oh my God, I am so glad I get to share this because I'm really passionate about helping women in tech. You need to feel more successful and you don't always have the resources available to do it. And if I can help in any way, again, hi at megathomas.com. Please check out my book on Amazon. It's Empowered Women in Tech, Finding First Year Success. And I would love if you checked out www.empoweredwomenintech.com. It is the most affordable career coaching. I wanna make it accessible to everyone. I don't want the coaching that you need and the motivation and the support that you need to feel successful to negatively impact the rest of your life financially. I'm here for you in any way possible. I'd love to help if I can. Please reach out. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you on the next episode of Empowered Women in Tech.